Welcome to Leading Age Workforce Innovators, a Leading Age podcast. This series, created by our Center for Workforce Solutions, examines promising practices and innovations to meet workforce challenges. I'm Gene Mitchell, editor of Leading Age magazine. This episode is the second of two Workforce Innovators podcasts that we recorded on-site at the Leading Age annual meeting in Philadelphia in October 2018. For this episode, I spoke with Sue Mazorski, Vice President of Workforce Innovations at PHI in the Bronx, New York. For the last 25 years, PHI's goal has been to transform elder care and disability services. The organization has been a partner of Leading Age as well, especially during the Better Jobs, Better Care project earlier in this century. Hi, Sue. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, and thank you so much for inviting me to be with you. I'm glad you could make it. What would you describe as the major elements of a quality caregiving job? So the nine elements actually fall into three main categories. One is compensation, another is opportunity, and another is support. And so any job for direct care workers in our field really need to cover those three main elements. Within uh, the, the compensation bucket, we have things obviously like wages, benefits, and having enough hours to be able to meet your income needs. Um, unfortunately, direct care jobs in our country are amongst the fastest growing and the lowest paid, which is not a good recipe for us being able to hire and retain enough people to provide the level of quality of care that we want to be able to provide for our clients. Under the uh, opportunity bucket, um, historically, most direct care jobs don't have an opportunity for advancement in our field, which is obviously not helpful to recruitment, to retention, or to the wage situation that we have. So that's why I'm going to be talking about that here at the conference. Uh, PHI has had an opportunity to experiment with implementing advanced roles, and uh, it's been very successful in improving uh, outcomes for the direct care workers and for the consumers that we're serving. And then finally, under the area of support, do we as organizations and employers have systems and processes in place that really help the direct care workforce overcome barriers to successful employment? Uh, and do we have supportive supervision whereby the workers want to stay because the relationship with their supervisor is one where their supervisor genuinely believes in them and genuinely supports their growth and development? So I wanted to talk about career paths, which is uh, often cited as one of the major opportunities for advancement for these workers. I wonder if you could talk about why they're so important and if our field is doing enough to create them. It's a, a great question. It's extremely important because without opportunities for advancement, uh, CNAs, home health aides, personal care attendants, really, it, it's, it's a dead-end job without opportunities for advancement. And I think one of the things that I'm particularly excited about with our work at PHI is that in creating opportunities for advancement, we're doing it within the scope of practice of being a direct care worker. 
So the only opportunity for advancement doesn't have to be that you become an LPN or an RN. Um, and, and I think that's really important for the, the career itself. So we want to help direct care workers be able to operate at their highest scope of practice. And that's, again, something that we haven't necessarily done well as a field. And so these advanced roles uh, provide opportunities for people to really be functioning at that highest scope of practice. It, uh, it provides opportunities for us to provide extra training to upskill people to increase their wages, to increase the responsibilities that they're able to engage in, all in service of improving care outcomes for the individuals that we're serving. And it also helps to raise public and policy awareness about the potential impact that this workforce is able to have when they're genuinely leveraged to be working at their highest scope of practice. Can you uh, give an example or two of a successful career path that, that is typical in our field? Sure. I think the two most common career paths are peer mentoring and uh, medication technicians. So those are two advanced roles that don't require you to become an LPN or an RN. Uh, I would say those are definitely probably the two most common. We also are beginning to see more uh, advanced roles that help direct care workers make a meaningful impact in the care transitions space. So helping uh, elders go from the hospital into residential care settings and then back to home in the community without uh, rehospitalizations is a significant space that we're starting to see some some movement in. PHI has done two advanced roles in that care transition space. One was in New York City, where we had the opportunity to create uh, a role called the Care Connections Senior Aid. And those were home health aides uh, funded through a demonstration project by the New York Department of Health, where we were able to train 14 home care workers to uh, be um, educated on the use of a tablet, so this included technology, those senior aides were communicating directly with a registered nurse back in the home care agency, and those senior aides were uh, troubleshooting possible early changes in condition, communicating with that registered nurse back in the organization that registered nurse would triage that communication that came in by the tablet and determine whether or not that uh, client needed to be seen same day, whether they needed to go to the doctor, et cetera. And we were able to reduce our ER visits by 8% compared to the year before, which, which led to a significant cost savings for the organizations involved. And the Care Connection Senior Aid also did a lot to support the home health aides that were in the homes with the clients and ended up doing actually a lot of conflict mediation hmm. between the client and the home care worker and or the client's family, enabling us to successfully keep that home care worker in that client's home, not having to change staffing um, 
So that was also very significant. And those care connections, senior aides, uh, had a 60% wage increase over what they would have made had they uh, kept being the, the regular home health aide. So very significant. We also have a project going right now with a leading aid member uh, out in Michigan called Trinity Health Systems. And they got civil monetary penalty funds to implement a transition specialist role. So we're working with two of their nursing homes in Michigan to upskill uh, some of their CNAs who will specifically be supporting the care transition from hospital into nursing home and then back to home. And we're uh, also collaborating with the University of Pennsylvania on that project who is measuring the outcomes. And that's uh, just getting underway now. So uh, don't have any outcomes to report on that yet, but we're excited to see where that project will go. Great. If uh, a leading age member wants to implement a career path for its own staff, is, is that a good template that they can follow? Are there other tried and true templates that are available? So I think the best place to start is to be very clear about what is the business problem that you're trying to solve by implementing the advanced role. And I think that's part of why peer mentoring, medication technicians, and these uh, care transitions senior aid roles have been so successful is because there's a clear business problem that they're solving. Uh, whether it's uh, recruitment and retention, whether it's reduced ER visits and reduced hospitalizations, uh, whether it's better medication um, timing and adherence, whatever that business problem is that you're trying to solve needs to be clear. The other thing I think that's really important is uh, to, be, to be very clear how this role is core to your organization's mission and values. And again, with the leading age members, I think there's a lot of congruence there. We advise our clients to, to really start with the why, which is what is the business problem that you're solving, and then to go into the what. What is the job description that you need? What are the reporting structures? What's the wage scale? And what are the organizational systems that need to be in place in order to support the successful launch and sustainability of the role? We also talk with our clients about being clear about who in the organization is accountable uh, to continue the ongoing support of the role and uh, how is that role going to be supported. And then finally, to answer the question of how. How will you measure success? How will you know that this role is, in fact, a solution to the business problem that you were trying to solve? How will you go about getting buy-in from the team within your organization to make sure that the role is supported? And then finally, what is your role for sustainability? What is the Massachusetts Extended Care Career Ladder Initiative? Can you describe its approach? Sure. Um, so PHI was really uh, excited to be a part of that project, which was between 2000 and 2010 in the state of Massachusetts. It's a great example of a combination public policy practice initiative in our field, and we call it ECLI for short. So in the state of Massachusetts, 
the state legislator, legislature provided funding. Uh, it was actually over $21 million over the course of 10 years to make grants widely available in nursing home and home care uh, space in that sector in Massachusetts in order to improve recruitment, retention, and care outcomes in long-term care in Massachusetts. So some of the uh, approaches included offering things like um, training that would improve the pipeline to bring more workers into the field, uh, English as a second language, adult basic education, um, direct care worker training like CNA certification, home health aid certification, things like that. And then for incumbent workers that were already employed in those agencies, we worked on career ladders that created opportunity for advancement. That included things like um, peer mentoring, uh, creating specialty roles for direct care workers. So for example, uh, dementia care specialists, uh, hospice and palliative care specialists, things like that. And uh, we found that over the course of the 10 years that there was a $1,000 a year increase on average amongst the aides that participated in ECLI compared to what they would have gotten if they had not participated in ECLI. So that was significant, and we also saw improvements in retention and recruitment. And then finally, the other thing that ECWI provided funding for was supervisory training. So we want to make sure, you know, in long-term care, we are famous for promoting people to supervisory positions and not providing the training that those supervisors need to be successful in their roles, right? So if you are, for example, a charge nurse in a nursing home, um, it's really common for those uh, CNAs to be reporting to you, but for you not to have been given any particular training in how to be successful in your roles. So um, ECLI provided the opportunity for organizations to implement supervisory training, which also, again, um, sort of tackled all of those elements of a quality job that we talked about earlier um, in this podcast. Some leading age members use peer mentor programs already. I wonder if you could tell us what are the most important components for that kind of a program and how does it help the employee and how does it help the employer? That's a, a great question. I think peer mentoring is an absolute win-win all the way around. So peer mentoring is an opportunity to, to upskill your incumbent, more experienced workers and give them a very important role in onboarding new employees. In our field, we know that the greatest amount of turnover, the greatest churn is amongst those new employees in their first 90 days of employment. Because typically what happens is those new employees start and an organization for whatever reason isn't able to do its full orientation because of you know not having enough staff etc and so people quote get thrown in right right and it can be overwhelming for it, a totally, new employee totally overwhelming for a new employee so the role of the peer mentor is to make sure that that doesn't happen they start relationship with the new employee 
in some instances, even before they start. So that person feels welcomed, knows what to expect, and doesn't feel like they're working in isolation, doesn't feel like they're alone or getting thrown in. Um, that peer mentor is a relational support as well as uh, somebody who's a role model to build person-centered caregiving skills in that new employee in their first 90 days. At PHI, um, our experience with employers who have implemented our peer mentoring program is that they have reduced their employee turnover in the first 90 days by anywhere between 30 and 92%. That's how impactful peer mentoring is. And so, you know, if you're an employer who's struggling with uh, retention, it's actually the thing that we advise is the most important thing to implement is that peer mentor program. So you've talked about a lot of uh, great ideas and a lot of good programs for uh, developing staff. I wonder if you could talk about some of the barriers to implementing them. Well, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is actually a policy barrier. So the scope of practice for direct care workers in each state is, is governed by that state's scope of practice, which is set by the local board of nursing. And so, you know, when you look at things like medication technician, not every state allows direct care workers by their nursing scope of practice to take additional training to administer oral medications that are not controlled substances. So that's like one really clear example. Um, in New York State, uh, we have not yet had the medication uh, technician opportunity and there is an active public policy effort underway to create advanced roles in home care that would elevate what those home care workers are able to do under the supervision of a nurse. Um, but right now, I think there's a lot of ideas in the provider community about things that we believe um, the direct care worker uh, should be able to do and by scope of practice have been limited in, in what we can. Um, so that's one barrier. I think the other barrier is just making sure that you get internal buy-in in your organization so that people are genuinely clear about what is the role that you're implementing and how can they A, either apply for it and participate in it or B, support it. And sometimes we see situations where an organization implements this advanced role and um, sometimes there may be some jealousy amongst peers who didn't get selected for the role or sometimes there's some confusion in the organization about what this person's new role actually is. And so what we see sometimes is a situation where the direct care worker who went into the training to become an advanced aide says, well, the training was great. I absolutely loved it and I was really looking forward to it. But in, in reality, I'm not doing anything particularly different than I was doing before. So I think when it goes, when it goes not quite right, those are really some of the things that we hear the most about. Our guest today has been Sue Mazorski of PHI. Sue, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It was really great to be with you. 
That conversation was recorded in Philadelphia in October 2018 at the Leading Age Annual Meeting and Expo. You can learn more about the Center for Workforce Solutions at its website, leadingage.org forward slash workforce. There, you will find links to all of the podcasts in this series, along with many other resources, including promising practices, tools, presentation materials, fact sheets, policy news, and more. I'm Gene Mitchell, and the Center for Workforce Solutions is led by Susan Hildebrandt. You can listen to more podcasts on our website, and you can subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating and leave a comment.